ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Yes, and with all the latest entertainment news, here is our dear friend Kevin Ott. G'day to you. Good morning, Tim. You know, Kevin, we were talking about uh, Stephen King and how incredibly yeah. prolific he is uh, last weekend. Well, you're going to throw another couple of names at me. Talk about uh, the great writers of the world, the late Michael Crichton. Uh, yeah. Now, he's uh, – well, I'm not, I'll let you tell the listeners, getting involved in a, in a big deal, a big, big deal with another incredibly yeah. prolific novelist. Yeah. So before Michael Crichton died, and this happens pretty often with uh, with big artists like yeah. this, it happened with Stanley Kubrick as well. But before he died, he had a book that he was working on, um, and it was a book about. Uh, it was called Eruption, and it was about the volcanoes of uh, the Big Island of Hawaii, right. Mauna Loa, Mauna Kea, uh, Kilauea, and there, there's some others too. There's actually we actually have a national park there. Uh, uh, devoted entirely to the volcanoes. Right. Um, he died before he was finished writing that. So James Patterson wow. actually wow. picked it up. <laughs> yeah. And now James Patterson, people know as, in, as you say, an incredibly prolific writer of, I think a lot of it's crime fiction, but he's written a mm. lot of other mm. stuff too. He wrote a series uh, called zoo. It was, it was sort of a, a YA series. Um, and that was not, uh, you know, that was not so much a crime novel or a mystery novel. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he finished writing this novel and now the book is done. And before the book is released, uh, what the, uh, the, the publisher who's publishing it, uh, they're actually having an auction for the screen rights to this book. So whoever gets to make the movie is going to be the one who pays the, uh, uh, the publisher. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, what publisher is that? Uh, little Brown. Um, Little Brown is going to make a lot of money off this because this is two big names, um, and uh, it, they're they're names that people know. Yeah. You know, even oh, people yes. who aren't yeah. big readers know yeah. who Michael Crichton is. As you say, he's sort of up there with Stephen King as well as James Patterson is too. Um, but it's really it's 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 an interesting concept. Uh, uh, the uh, the volcano is about to blow, um, but I think there are some terrorists who have like a secret cache of weapons that's going to make all the vac- volcanoes on the island blow or, or something. And so the the uh, you know the protagonist who obviously hasn't been cast yet mm. uh, has to stop them. Um, you know, this should be fun. Michael Crichton always makes uh, uh, for for fun movies. Uh, Jurassic Park. I still like Congo, even though it's very silly. Yeah. Um, uh, the Great Train Robbery. Yeah, he's he's good at this. Um, and so I think uh, this is going to be a big one when it actually comes out. Yeah, I think in the story that you sent me between them, uh, Crichton and Patterson mm-hmm. have sold 675 million books. Goodness me. My- goodness yeah. yeah and you know patterson patterson's an interesting figure because number one he's sort of uh uh you know he co-writes a lot of things mm. he sort of ghost writes a lot of things he'll he'll give somebody else the beats of the story and then they'll go and write the book so yeah. his name appears on a lot of books that he sort of only came up with the ideas for uh the other cool thing about him is he was i don't know if he was instrumental but he was part of the takedown of jeffrey epstein mm. uh i think he was his neighbor and, uh, you know, he gave the police a lot of information. He's in multiple documentaries talking about Jeffrey Epstein. Mm. Uh, so he's he's a really interesting figure, I think. Yeah. And uh, I think Patterson said that he's actually quite thrilled that uh, Michael Crichton's wife has entrusted him with this uh, with this story. So he's a bit chuffed himself. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think somebody like Patterson, he's going to be the guy because, you know, it was Michael Crichton's wife uh, directing his estate, as you say. Um, and, and you know, they were the ones who who got James Patterson to do it. I think James Patterson was their target because, you know, he knows the world of publishing. He's been sort of a giant mm. in that mm. world for a very long time. So, you know, if you have it in mind that this is going to that this book is going to be a big deal that this book is going to eventually be made into a movie and you're going to have to navigate all that uh you know all that process Patterson is a good guy to have on your team. Yeah, well, one thing you can guarantee, it's going to be incredibly well-written, that's for sure. <laughs> it sure yeah. is, yeah. and it's going to have lots of volcanoes. And we haven't had a good volcano movie in a while, so I'm looking forward to this one. No, well, there's uh, volcanoes erupting in Iceland. You can you can bet there's going to be a movie associated with that, too, in some states, yeah. Um, Presumably, yeah, because those are the ones that, uh, you know, prevent uh, flights into Europe from the U.S., I yeah. think. Yeah, exactly. Now, this one, uh, we're talking about uh, sequels. It's not really a sequel, but I'm, I'm going to do it mm-hmm. because, you know, you've got to do, do the gag. Gorgira. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we know there's a, there's, a, there's a Godzilla movie right now yeah. uh, that just came out uh, called Godzilla Minus One. Right. Um, if you can see it, I, I recommend seeing it. Now, okay. it's being released in the theaters again. And it's only in the U.S., but I do think this is a, an interesting story to follow kind of globally because, you know, this happens once every once in a while. The studios will re-release something that did really well. Uh, they recently did it with, I think, The Boy and the Heron. Um, it's uh, it's worked with The Exorcist, uh, uh, the last Spider-Man movie with three Spider-Mans in it, uh, uh, No Way Home, I think it was called, uh, Halloween, re-releasing movies into theaters. Uh, so that you can get like a second round of 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 cash influx um, from releasing it. Uh, it's been happening kind of more and more under the radar. I would love it. And here's the cool thing. Sorry about this. They're re-releasing it in black and white, which I think oh, means okay. that there will be a black and white copy of the movie once it comes out on home video, um, which I'm definitely going to snap up a copy. That's happened before. The Mist did it. Uh, uh, and the, the black and white version of the mist is great. Yeah. Mad Max Fury Road did it. Uh, uh, they did it to, you know, that end product was great. So this is very cool to have this movie in black and white. It's also going to feel very much like a classic Godzilla movie. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully if this does well, I would like to see, uh, studios doing this more taking a movie that did really well, or mm. maybe a movie that didn't do so well that you think has some more life in it. Uh, and re-releasing it in the theaters so that people can go see it in the theater. Um, I would rather see a movie I know I like, but I haven't seen on the big screen. I would rather go see that than another sequel, another remake, uh, uh, another reboot. Uh, You know, I would love to see uh, studios doing this more so than just making, churning out those endless reboots. Yeah, right. No, I like the idea. And you send me the story, and I think it's great. The growl yeah. of the of the creature, of the Godzilla, they recorded uh, a crowd in a stadium and then amplified it. How cool is that? That is so cool. And yeah. Godzilla, in, Godzilla in this movie is is a very cool and very scary Godzilla. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes Godzilla is played as as a friend to humanity. Yeah, no, uh, no, no, no. This is not one of those movies. Yeah, uh, no. This is a movie where Godzilla is a very big threat. Um, and it, you know, it takes place right after world war two. Mm. So Japan is a, is, is a nation that has sort of been, you know, already beaten. 
it's a it's a fantastic fantastic movie uh with a, just a great emotional core and i do recommend people find it and watch it yeah no yeah godzilla godzilla that's <laughs> great now this is interesting god you're dredging up a, a blast from the past here but he was very popular uh in mm-hmm. his day sometimes the subject of a biographical movie just turns up in public life to say well I don't like the movie yeah, yeah. So recently, um, let's actually start a, a little while ago. Okay. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a guy named Jake Lewis. Right. And Jake Lewis uh, released a video of himself impersonating Robin Williams. Actually, not really impersonating him, but he'd written a little dramatic piece. It wasn't humor. It was it was him being sweet and dramatic. And it was an amazing, amazing likeness of Robin Williams. And so... Uh, that guy sort of, uh, you know, got a little juice from that, and he wound up uh, making a, a short, a short film called The Court Jester, which starred Pauly Shore as Richard Simmons. And if people remember Pauly uh, Shore, uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, from the 90s, he was on MTV, then he was in a bunch of movies. Um, sure, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. Um, and it was apparently very good. It was very well received. And now there is a movie, uh, a, you know, a feature length movie in the works with Pauly Shore as Richard Simmons, mm. you know, a biographical movie about Richard Simmons. Now, the interesting thing about Richard Simmons, you know, if people don't know who he is, he's, you know, an exercise guru. Yeah, um, yeah, he, is, yeah. uh, he is sort of a, a very uh, a big personality. Um, and he's he's just a lovable guy, I think, by all accounts. Uh, but several years ago, he just sort of disappeared from public life. Mm. For a while, people were worried about him. Yeah. Uh, uh, people thought that he had maybe legitimately disappeared. Um, but he was found, you know, he was fine. He just sort of didn't want to be a part of, of the Hollywood churn anymore, which uh, is absolutely understandable. Uh, but then this news came out just recently about Polly Shore uh, playing him in a movie. And he popped up on his Instagram and said, uh, you know, you may have heard they're doing a movie about me. I have never given my permission this for this movie. Um, I no longer have a manager. I no longer have a publicist. I just try to live a quiet life. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So now, look, he's a public figure. He's famous. Somebody can make a movie about him without getting his permission. There's no, mm. you know, this isn't going to stop the movie or anything. Oh, like no, that. We're still no, gonna get no. The movie. Um, uh, you, it does make you hope that it's going to portray him in a, in a friendly and positive light since he's sort of come out and said that he doesn't, you know, you get the sense that. Uh, he understands, I'm sure, that they can make this movie with or without him. You mm. get the sense that he doesn't want it being made at all. Um, yeah. So, it, it, you know, when it comes out, hopefully it, it, it doesn't do a disservice to him. And um, I am very interested to see Polly Shore playing drama. Yeah, it will be interesting. And just with Richard Simmons, I'm almost positive he came to Australia too with, with that show. He basically was a show, a fitness show that he that he did. And uh, nice fella. But it's interesting to be that high profile and then basically say, well, that's it. I don't want to know. I'm just going to retire into to private life. But you're right. You can't. I mean, well, if they say something about him in the movie he doesn't like, I suppose he can sue. But you, like, you can't stop the movie being made. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, no, they can't. And and look, you know, as an exercise guru, I think uh, the reason Richard Simmons stood out is because he made a lot of a, a lot of specials, a lot of sort of exercise videos, you know, back when people were making videos that you could uh, watch and, and, and exercise along with. Um, he would have people in his videos who were not in, you know, who were not thin. Let's not say they're not in good shape, who were not thin, who yeah, were not muscular. Yeah. 
you know, they were sort of normal looking people, uh, maybe people that were a little zoftig or heavier. Mm. And that was really great because, you know, if you want to exercise, you don't want to be only looking at people with these perfectly sculpted bodies. You want to be looking at people who look like you. Yeah. And that's something that he sort of pioneered. Yeah. And I think it, 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 it speaks well of him, I think. And it makes me, it puts me on his side. So I do hope this movie is, is a uh, fair yeah, look, I he was fun, you know, the headband and the and the little shorts mm-hmm. and everything. He was fun, Richard Simmons. So yeah, I, I look forward to seeing that. Now this one, uh, gee, this is really interesting, and it's taken her a long while to reveal this. But Jodie Foster turned down what turned out to be an extremely important part in a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jodie Foster, right now, she's in the uh, the fourth season of the great HBO drama True Detective. Yeah, terrific. Yeah. Excuse me. And, uh, you know, she was on Jimmy Fallon recently to talk about that. And she admitted that she was apparently offered the role of Princess Leia in Star Wars way back in 1977. Now, that would have made for a very different Star Wars Mm. uh, because at the time, Jodie Foster was around 13 or 14 years old. Um, Carrie Fisher was 19 when she was in it. She had, I think, just turned 19. Um, if you can find, if you can get your hands on any of uh, the stage shows that Carrie Fisher did, where she talked about being cast yeah. uh, as Princess Leia, they're very funny and very uh, informative. Um, but yeah, this would have been interesting. Um, she didn't take the role because she was uh, locked into a Disney deal, uh, probably free, Freaky Friday, because that came out around the same time. Mm. So you know, I mean, she was also you know maybe it wasn't as iconic as Star Wars. Um, And maybe the character she played in Freaky Friday wasn't as iconic as Princess Leia, but Freaky Friday still made a very big impact on cultural landscape. But that would have been very interesting to see a Princess Leia who was much younger. Um, Mm. I don't think they would have been able to go with, you know, if they had cast Mark Hamill, they wouldn't have been able to go with any sort of romance uh, or maybe since it was the 70s, they would have. That would have been weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, maybe. that's very interesting. Somewhere out there, there's a parallel universe somewhere out there in the multiverse uh, where Star Wars has Jodie Foster as Princess Leia and Tom Selleck as uh, as Han Solo. <laughs> um, uh, uh, no, it wasn't Han Solo. He was going to play uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, right? uh, I heard Tom that. Selleck was yeah. up for Indiana Jones. So yeah, right. uh, yeah but that would have been interesting too, to have him in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jodie Foster is Princess Leia. That would have been interesting and cool. It would have. Uh, well, it didn't hurt a career that she didn't play uh, Princess yeah, Leia yeah, in Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, yeah. She had a great yeah. career. Well, talking, she would have been, you're saying, 13 or 14. It can't have been much after she was in Taxi Driver. I think she was only 12 no, or 13 was, then. Yeah, and she, she was very young in Taxi Driver. And Taxi Driver was actually, you know, one of the notions in that movie expressed was yeah. uh, that it's very creepy to for for a woman this young to be sexualized yeah exactly um yeah. Uh, uh, not that star wars sexualizes princess leia but you know there's a big difference between the 13 year old and 19 year old yeah so exactly i am glad that it was carrie fisher for reasons other than you know carrie fisher being great uh but uh yeah jodie foster man she's she seems like a, a very strange very odd person personally mm. uh based on her public appearances but uh man she has done some great work oh um, yeah yeah uh, you know, uh, silence of the lambs one of the greatest movies ever um brilliant uh, flight she plan was, was very good yeah. that was a fun movie with her in it um, yeah she's and, yeah a- looking forward to seeing her in, in true detective oh true detective is very good and she's also in and i see it there but i haven't watched it yet is it called um naiad she's with annette benning uh mm-hmm. it's about yeah, yeah, it's about yeah. a swimmer yeah 
Yeah, D- uh, Diana or Diane Nyad, I think, is the, uh, is the swimmer yeah. that Jodie Foster plays. Not Jodie Foster, Annette Benning plays. Yeah. And I think, uh, what does she swim the English Channel, I think? I think so, um, yeah. yeah. Or, or maybe, is she the one who swam to Cuba uh, um, from Florida? I, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that's uh, that, that movie, I have not seen it, but by all accounts, it's very, very good. Yeah, that is there on the streaming somewhere. So, oh, Kevin, there's so much to see on streaming, you don't know where to start. <laughs> Uh, you know, I just, just turn off the TV and read a book. (laughs) (laughs) Always a pleasure to talk to you, mate. Thank you very much. ABC Listen, podcasts, radio, news, music, and more. 